We're back. All five of us are back. ATS episode six. We are all here. It's been a little bit of a break, but we're all back together. Myself, Brandon Freeman, Matt Slatinke, Ryan Balo, Jack Ferrone. Ready to go. Let's dive right into everything. Crazy, crazy, crazy March Madness. Crazy championship game. Kansas took it home. Rock chalk. What are our thoughts of the final four? The entire March Madness. We haven't even discussed March Madness as an entirety. What do we think this year? I'll let one of you start this off. It's only starts. Starts. Oh, oh, you go, Balo. I think Matt should start, too. I think Matt's got to start. He's got a lot to say. Yeah, I mean, I won't do all that. I know we have a lot to say, but I mean, I guess I'll start off with uh, how I'm very pleased to uh, to see Candace get it done. I know we had a, uh, I said that was my pick to win it uh, earlier on this podcast, as well as my bracket. I had Kansas. I know me and Balo actually, and Spencer, he's not on this podcast, unfortunately, but uh, we all had futures on them to win it all. Balo actually had a very nice future on it. Um, but I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, this team, I thought from the beginning of the season, I mean, the way they were coached, the experience they had, and the guard play, I mean, I don't think any team could stop that team when they're in their run-and-gun formation. When, when those guards are playing fast, I mean, they're just so hard to stop. As far as McCormick, I think this dude is just an absolute stud. And having a guy like Remy Martin off the bench is just – not many teams can have a guy like that. And, you know, teams just can't beat teams that are that like that, play that fast of a pace and just do what they do. So, I'm, I'm very pleased to see Candace got it done. That's just – my biggest thing, I think Candace is the best team from the beginning, and I'm really happy to see they got it done. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't think anyone could have asked for a better game or tournament. You know, they're down 15 at half, come back. It's back and forth the last couple minutes. Just insane. You have the best team in Kansas versus what was considered to be the hottest team coming into the tournament, UNC. Um, the whole tournament was just insane. You know, you had St. Peter's, the Peacocks with the Cinderella story, but you ended it all with a crazy good game. That's the thing, though. Kansas was not the better team in that game. If UNC stays healthy there in the full, in the second half, Caleb Love was on one foot the entire second half. Baycott slipped on a on a loose wood piece on the final final uh, play he was in and Love got hurt. Piece. If UNC if UNC uh, was fully healthy in that second half, I mean, you saw the way it was going in the first half when they were about. 85% healthy. Then once everyone started dropping like flies, the next thing you know, Kansas just overpowered them and just, you know, got out in transition. But Caleb Love, for a good five minutes in that game, could barely walk. He was literally hobbling on one foot, limping, and he wouldn't, wouldn't let anyone stop him out. And frankly, the UNC bench is like a high school JV team. But Leaky Black getting his fourth foul fucked him. But UNC still was right there in the end. Can't, I mean, Kansas is a very solid team, but they are very lucky UNC was not healthy in that second half. That's all I can say. Yeah, I mean, to go off your point, like, I do agree. If you if you pretty much go down down the line, Kansas was 10 deep. UNC was 5 deep. So, I mean, that was the narrative before the game. Yeah, 5 and Kansas, a half. Kansas is way – yeah, 5 and a half. What are you going to call Puff Johnson? I mean, that, that guy was the he player. Actually, Puff, played, Puff, kind of Puff was balling. No, no, I know. But if you're, if you're telling me Puff is the X factor in that game, come on. I mean, you can't rely on Puff Johnson with a national championship game. No, I he's the only guy that can give him yeah, actually nice. like, give the starters a rest for a little bit and not not have a huge drop off. He's not going to fuck the team. And that's my exact point. I mean, the roster that Kansas had compared to UNC's roster that that's not a, that's not an even roster. I'd say 
at least seven, 70 out of 100 games, Kansas is winning that game. Um, that, that was the bottom line. And if you look at the first half for Kansas, they were six for 22 in layups. They could not buy a bucket around the rim. And their whole game plan going into the game was to attack the hoop, get the ball to McCormick, and get Baycott in foul trouble. Bill Self comes out of that second half, has McCormick kind of come in the outside and really spread the floor and get those guards running in transition. That was the game difference. And I think it really shows what a good second-half coach Bill Self is, and it shows his experience in the tournament because, in my opinion, that whole switch up in offensive philosophy, that was the reason why Kansas is the winner. I mean, I think well, also, top- Kansas was cold in the first half, but Caleb Love and R.J. Davis – we're a combined 10 for 41 from the field, one of 13 from three. Their two best three best perimeter shooters, or I guess Manic's one of the best shooters too, but they're two guards who are have a heavy, heavy job offensively and have the ball in their hands pretty much the entire possession. Are absolute ice cold, could not have shot worse. And it was still their game to lose, and they lost it. I really yeah, think that that's yeah. a very even matchup, as you could see. And if Caleb loves on two feet in the second half, I think UNC wins by eight. But I mean, not only if Caleb loves on two feet, if Manic wasn't concussed, I mean, they were <laughs> all that's a bunch of bullshit. Manic was cussed. That's a bunch of shit, dude. He was purple the entire game. He got <laughs> yeah. knocked with an elbow early on in the game. And he's and still he still like, trees. Yeah, but they had a guy yak on the court. Like they were I... all. They, the wheels Carolina Yak. They should have. The wheels fell off the bus. And then Kansas took advantage of a wounded, a wounded enemy. Well, I don't think Kansas didn't deserve the win. They were, they were the better team. But yeah, it's a good point. Like UNC was all banged up. That's the equi- all of them had yeah. some kind of injury. Like besides Davis, but the rest of them, all of them did. And that they also, got, that also goes back to my point that UNC just didn't have the depth. If one player goes down, that, well, no yeah, one else well, throw in the game. That's to be fair, Kansas didn't have depth. that much depth either. They had the fact Remy that Martin, Martin played 21 minutes. That's it, though. Like, they, you had Remy Martin off the bench. He's a starter on any roster. Kansas, Kansas had five guys, I believe it was, and double-digit scoring. Kansas, I, I mean, I don't know what the stat was at the first half. I think it was like 22 second-chance points for Carolina. If Kansas would just put a body on a Carolina player and box out and make half their free throws in the beginning and played somewhat of Kansas basketball – I don't even think they should be gay. I think, I think Carolina's a great team. I think Kansas by far is the best team in the country. And when they play Kansas basketball, nobody can beat that team. I, I mean – I disagree with that. I don't think they're the best team in the country. Abaji well, was ice cold from the free throw line, and that, that was a big factor. And couldn't make a free throw. Was in the what first was he, half, one for six at one Couldn't make point. one free throw. UNC, I mean, that their, their firepower offensively with that starting five, I mean, they're so fun <clears> to watch. What, what a run they had this whole tournament. But, my God, like – they're that that game's gonna haunt them because I think that was the fourth largest deficit ever overcome in a national championship, and yeah. that was their game to lose, and they and they went ahead and lost it. One more I thing, mean, I Caleb will Love say. pulling up from almost half court like a Steph Curry shot with 16 seconds left probably wasn't the best Not shot. The best move, yeah. One more thing, I will say that Puff Johnson took a Steph Curry hero fadeaway. <laughs> yeah. One thing I will say though, one more time about this game, I'll stop out this game, but uh. I was talking to Bale a lot during the game, and I kept telling him, I said, if somehow – the Kansas needs to get that guy McCormick the ball because he's, I said, the anchor of that team. He needs to be able to get the ball in his hands and everything needs to run through him. I, I saw at halftime, 
I think I read something about it uh, today that Bill Self went over and said, like, if you don't play half your game, we're not going to win this game. Like McCormick, everything has to run through him. And you saw down the line, he made every big time shot for them and won that game for them. I think McCormick is the he reason. Game, why- he the game ceiling bucket. 100%. I think McCormick is the reason why they won. He's- he was balling. I hate yeah. him, but he was balling. He sat yeah. out a lot of that first half. Yep. Two fouls. Um, two fouls. Mitch Lightfoot picked up three fouls in the first half. <laughs> he had four. Four, he had four fouls in seven minutes. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know who their third string big is, but I saw him in the game at one point. Um, the bottom line is Kansas has 10 guys that can go in the game, and UNC only had six. Um, I think that's what it comes down to. There's more talent on Kansas. UNC has some great players. Caleb Love is a stud. He obviously didn't play the best game, but what a tournament. For the I mean, his draft stock's now through the roof. Um, in my opinion, UNC's national championship is beating Duke twice. So oh, props 100%. to them. Three times, three times. Did Duke not beat him this year? Nope. No, they didn't. Yeah. National championship right there. Send Coach K packing all three times. That is crazy. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. All right, let, let's move on. Wait, 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 uh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, oh, I got to tie it back to Zlotnicki's future. I did say January 28th, send the ticket in, $300 to win 4.2K. Come on, boys. Uh, give me some props for that. Give him his props. Give him his props. Come on, let's do. Uh, yeah. Any other any other things before I, we move on to the next thing? What is that? A lot of household loving shit. I don't know. Um, let's go to the Masters. Tiger Woods, legend, go golfer. He's gonna play, but also maybe a preview of the Masters. Who do we like? He just wants his money. You think so? Yeah, it's. I mean, he doesn't have any shot in the world. I've zero. He was the highest bet on golfer. You saw that. With those I wonder why. So, yeah, right. uh, my thing with Tiger is, I mean, he's obviously the go to the golf. I mean, Tiger's insane. I, I, I love Tiger. I, think he's, I have a lot of respect for him. Obviously, I mean, I see so many tickets. I'm, I'm reading about like he is like I think Brandon just said he's the most bet on guy right now to win or to finish. Kidding. I think top five like. Just because people love Tiger, I think it's something like that. I don't think that Tiger – I don't even think he makes a cut personally. But then again, I also wouldn't be surprised if he wins the whole thing. It's also going to be Tiger Woods. I'll take my pick after you guys talk about Tiger Woods. That's, you guys can go. The fact, the the fact that he's the most bet on golfer has nothing to do with his – Any uh, tournament the guy enters, he's going to be the I think – If he entered – if he entered the tournament left-handed blindfold, they, there'd still be thousands of bet on millions of bets on him. And just, it's just a tiger fight. But it's a story in the but last 14 months for him to an accident and come back and win. He would not enter a tournament where he thinks he's got no chance. Anytime mm-hmm. Tiger steps to Augusta National, I don't, I don't care what type of what type of fucking off-the-course issues he has, he's always always gonna have a chance. There's no chance he wins, I doubt it, but I would not be surprised to see him make mm. I would not be surprised to see him make the cut. In a couple months ago in the well, tournament with his son. I just think he's going to make the cut. It's not a bull take no, at yeah. all. Probably a couple months ago in the tournament with his son, he couldn't even hit his driver, he said, without any pain. I don't see how he's now going to come in and play That's what I'm saying. 36 rounds in two days and with no pain and expect it to like go well. He's played a full it's practice round. He's got another one on uh, Wednesday. It's not even the hitting, Brandon. It's more of walking Augusta. It's not an easy thing to do. It's a lot of walking, being able to walk that whole course yeah. up and down those par threes. It's not easy to do. I think Tiger... I don't know. It's, it's always going to be Tiger Woods. So I'm not counting him out, but I don't see him winning this thing yeah, at all. It'll be fun to watch him. Well, the he bottom won the line U.S. Is Open this, on a 20th show. 
Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is when Tiger Woods is playing golf, it's just very, very good for the game. Um, he's going to draw, draw in insane crowds. When Tiger's playing golf, people want to watch. Um, I think Masters will probably have the best ratings that they've ever had. You have a guy that literally 14 months ago is practically dead, and he's now playing golf again. I mean, we saw the guy do it once in 2019 when everyone counted him out, and he went head-to-head -head with Kepka and took him, to the, took, took him to the ropes and won the jacket. You can't count the guy out. I do agree that he probably does not have the best chances to win. There's a ton of good golfers in this tournament, and there's a lot of good players that are playing hot golf right now. But my goodness, when Tiger Woods is playing golf, it's just great for the game, and I'm so happy to watch it again. Yeah, all good points around. Imagine, what he about looks, he looks jacked what, right now? He looks freaking yoked. Let's let's all pick just for sits and gigs. Let's all pick a golfer we think is going to take it home. Who do we like? Want to start, Brandon? Yeah, I can go ahead and start. Um, I was talking to Matt before. I mean. We we're just saying how I think Scotty Scheffler is like he's been playing unbelievable. He, I think he's won like three of the past five tournaments he's entered, and he's just he's number one in the world for a reason. He's so hot. He has Brandon. Look at you reading up on some golf. I know. I, know. <laughs> hey, I love my summertime golf when it's nice out. I don't know how you can't like the links. I'll give my pick. I know. I think Dale and I have a similar one. Um, but I'll give mine for a quick reason. I, my pick to win the Masters is JT. I think Justin Thomas is I think he's the best golfer in the world. I've, I've better him before in previous tournaments and he's uh, paid out well for me. I, I have a special spot for him and Sung JM, but I, I think Justin Thomas will get it done this uh, weekend. Um, I think there's a fact I read about yesterday. I think it was um, until last year, Thomas has improved in this position on the leaderboard and every single time at Augusta national besides last year. Um, I think his iron play is one of, I think if not the best iron play, um, and golf, and I think that this course will shoot well for him. And I think that uh, I think JT will get the job done and win his Masters this weekend. Yeah. So I mean, this is a pick that it seems like Zlatnicki and I are always on the same page for these futures. Um, Justin Thomas. I mean, when you look when you look at Augusta National, the real way to win the golf course is to be able to birdie the par fives. Looking at holes thirteen and fifteen, those holes I think average for winners like seven under par on four rounds. Um, so you look at guys like JT who just completely can overpower a golf course with his, with his iron play. And if I'm, if I'm not going to take JT, I'm going to look at someone like Rory McIlroy, honestly, he's due for the grand slam. Um, I know we've been saying it year after year. He's, he's one win away from getting that master's jacket, but he's another guy that can really tear apart par fives and, to be able to win the Masters, that's really what you have to do. You have to be able to score well on these par fives. And if you look at these long hitters like McElroy and Thomas, those are two guys that I'd really con consider contenders. One other guy I want to throw out there, though, is Cameron Smith, who's coming off that um, the Players' Championship win. He's playing great golf right now, and he's another guy. He'll be in it Sunday. So th those three, I think, are my favorites to win. Um, so we'll see, but – there's so much talent in the PGA Tour nowadays. It's, it's, it's truly incredible. And you could probably name 50 guys that really could get it done in this Masters this weekend because the tour level is just it, – it, it's truly evolved. And I truly think it's attributed to Tiger Woods. Um, so, yeah. Tell me I've got a stone-cold lock for this weekend, and uh -huh. it's Xander Schauffele. 
Shockway in his last three Masters, he's gone tied for third, tied for 17th, tied for second. Both of his top three finishes coming with a 72 and a 73 on the Sunday round. He was right there twice and always seems to be playing well at Augusta. He's also, like Bala mentioned, the par fives. He tore apart the par fives last year at Augusta. Um, I think he's just one of those guys who, who's never, never seems to be in trouble. Great iron player, great short game. He's always right there, and I feel like he's due to get it done. He has been playing good golf lately as well. Um, and then my more of a long shot bet, Tommy Fleetwood. Like I said, especially around That's Amen fun. Corner, ball striking is so important, and, and no one <clears> – <throat> No one has better tee to green stats than Tommy Fleetwood. If the guy could putt, he'd have eight majors right now. But I mean, he he's due to get it done. He always plays well in the majors. Ball striking machine. I mean, you can literally just go to sleep and watch a YouTube video for an hour of Tommy Fleetwood swing. You're probably the best sleep of your life. The guy's just a goat waiting to be born. <laughs> this could be his coming out party. Funny One of these days, about, Tommy's going to hit, and I'm going to cash on the prop bet, and it's, I think it's this day. Funny, Tommy uh, Fleetwood, green jacket. I got to get the background of this Fleetwood pick for, for Jack here. We do, pretty much for every major, we do a draft where we all take golfers. And I believe it's probably been at least four out of every five majors where Jack Farone has Tommy Fleetwood on his squad. So – He's going to keep riding Fleetwood until he finally gets one done. I respect it. This is the week. I respect the this fuck is the week. Can I get I DM'd pick? him on Instagram. I DM'd him on Instagram and said, hey, let me know your jacket size now. I'm going to DM it to the committee just to kind of have that ready in advance because he might win by five shots. I'm going to give one more pick with no explanation. I'm just going to say a name, and it's it's just not even needed to be explained. Never have an answer. That's Jack's eyes, one of the assassins. But the other guy I'm going to say is uh, Mr. Sung J.M. No explanation needed, but he will win the Masters also if it's not Justin Thomas. That's awesome. No right, I'm going to test my golf needed. knowledge here. Uh, no explanation I got needed. Brooks Kepka winning. Holy he's shit. Been, I like he's that. Been, I like he's that. been healthy. He's playing the best golf he's been playing. He's been he's had three top 20s in the last four starts. He's a major championship king, and I see him. I see him leaning on his experience. I, I got Brooks Kepka winning. That's honestly, you want, seeing you talk about golf is more exciting than you watching the Masters this weekend. Honestly, I mean, I never seen you talk about golf like that. Keep going, oh, James. Keep going. Oh, I, I, I could keep going. I, I'm gonna reserve that for now, though. But <laughs> when it <laughs> but comes yeah, to I, when it comes to Kepka, though, James, like you said, that guy shows up for the majors. Doesn't matter up. how he's playing on oh tour. Oh my god, he's a machine. He, he's nasty. He, you can he's, he's nasty. in any sort of major championship. Brooks Kepka, you can guarantee, will be in that top five and right there on Sunday. There's no safer bet in sports right now than Kepka in the majors. There you go. Cash that. It's a free bet. All right. So we got a couple guests today talking some baseball. I'm waiting on one of them, but one of them is here. And his name is Jack Heineman. And Brian Carney is going to join us in just a second. But hi there, what's up, man? Welcome. How are we doing? Glad to be here, boys. Ah, we're all good, man. We need some this baseball is probably talk of, right now. This though. is probably one of the biggest moments of your young life. It is, it is. I mean, the being on the ATS pod, I've been dreaming about it ever since it came out. So it's a dream come true for these few short weeks. 
Jack, I don't know if but this is Jack Ferone, who was just speaking with you, Matt Zlotnicki and Brandon Freeman. We're basically a group of five home friends who've grown up together, and we definitely shoot the shit about sports all the time, so why not do it on a podcast? Yeah, I, I met uh, Jack the other night. I'm not sure if he might remember that night, but I, I do remember meeting him briefly. Wait, is, is if I'm not mistaken, Jack, not Jack Ferone, but Jack just joined us. You're the guy that knows baseball, right? You love baseball? Yes, yes. Okay. Who's your team? I'm a big Mets fan. Okay. Oh, Scherzer. Scherzer. Usually I'd follow that with, unfortunately, I'm a Mets fan, but uh, I don't know this year. We'll see. Carney's going to join any second, so we'll wait on that. Um, Just jump right into baseball and have him start and then uh, wait. Yeah, we can start. So, Heinemann, so we're talking Cy Young, obviously. What do you think? You might be a little biased here, but. What do you think well, this year? I would have been biased if this was five days ago. I would have said if he is healthy, Jacob DeGrom would run away with Cy Young. I would have thought he would have been a good MVP bet if he was healthy. Obviously, he answered that pretty clearly, though, that he's not healthy. Um, this one goes back to my Mets days a little bit, and he had an unreal year last year. I think he's going to miss his first start this year. But I think Zach Wheeler um, – very underrated in Philadelphia. And I think Cy Young, it kind of can come out of nowhere. I think Wheeler, uh, if he's healthy throughout the year, he'll, he'll he'll pitch seven innings every time. Very consistent pitcher. I think he has a good shot to win it as long as he's healthy with pitchers. though, that's a big thing. Health these days, you never know what it's going to be. But the AL, you know, that's a little tougher with a lot of moving pieces. Uh, Obviously, Garrett Cole, I think, would be the favorite going in, as much as that pains me to say that. But I think if I had to make a call right now, I would also go with Garrett Cole. So two AL and NL East representatives for the Cy Young, and from uh, my opinion. And just like that, Brian Carney has joined. So I'll ask him the same question. This kid, by the way, Carney, is an ATS super fan. He'll tell you all about it. He's been dying to get on the podcast, and here he finally is. Carney, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can. What's up, bro? What a place to hear. They don't want to introduce <laughs> everyone again? Uh, yeah, I can. <laughs> I mean, I think Carney's pretty aware of everyone on this ATS pod. He's a super fan here. We got Matthew Zlotiki, Jack Ferron, Brandon Friedman, myself, and Matthew Gordon. Not much said here. Carney listens to ATS pod five times over every episode. He's a super fan. He's ready to get on the pod. He's been dying for it. So here we go. I love that. Gary, <laughs> uh, it's good to have you on, man. So I just asked him. quite the introduction right question. there. I mean, I got to say, that's that. you are a special guy to get that introduction like that. Absolutely. You already know. All right, Carney, what do we think for Cy Young? What are your predictions here? Hey, Alan, and now. Yeah, so I'll give some of, some of my Cy Young predictions. And I mean, you can kind of chime in on what you're thinking. Um, so for AL, I think it's, it's pretty straightforward. I think Bieber, Shane Bieber is year in and year out, an absolute stud. Uh, I don't think there's really any comparison. He had a, a down year last year by his standards and he's still, he's still absolutely raked. Um, so honestly, he's my pick out of AL. NL, I think is much more of a, uh, much more of a toss up. It, a lot of times it depends on, on health for guys, but, um, and now I would look for more of like a dark horse I have is Sandy Alcantara for the Miami Marlins. I think that guy is very underrated. He had like a three, three ERA last year. And 
I think not a lot of people know enough about him, but those are my two picks from AL and NL. Um, curious to see who Heineman likes. So uh, I was saying right before you joined, um, I think Bieber's a great call. Uh, I think when he's on his game, he can be the most dominant pitcher in baseball. However, when you said straightforward, I was assuming you were going to go the route of Garrett Cole because that's what I uh, – That was exactly my thinking. I, uh, I think he's due for a little bit of a bounce back. Not that he's been bad with the Yankees, but he kind of got roughed up in the playoffs a little bit. Um, at the end of the day, though, I think he's a big-time pitcher. I don't think New York's an issue for him at all. So for the AL, I went Garrett Cole. I actually love your Sandy Alcantara call, but I, uh, I was going down at least with Zach Wheeler. Um, I think when he's healthy, uh, he is one of the best pure pitchers in baseball. He can just mow down a lineup when he's on. But uh, if you're going to go with the Marlins, a little dark horse there, I also think you got to mention Trevor Rogers. He was great last year, still very young. I think he could be a little bit of a dark horse too. The NL East has got a lot of good pitching. So really, I wouldn't be shocked at all. He's a- go ahead. I was going to say, he's a stud. And, uh, you know, if you have anything else to add, I would agree. Uh, you know, I, I like what you're saying. The only reason why I kind of, as you guys obviously were a little caught off guard when I didn't say Garrett Cole, and, and same goes for Wheeler. Obviously, I'm a, I'm a Phillies guy. But I think one thing that you have to take into consideration when you think about these guys is who they're going to be going up against on a nightly basis. I mean, Garrett Cole in the AL East is going to have to face a Blue Jays lineup that is arguably one of the best hitting in baseball um zach wheeler gonna go up against the braves and the mets on a night in night out basis i think bieber in the al central is gonna deal with about the white Sox. that's about it he'll have a lot of easy starts where he can really lower that era and get out to some great numbers whereas same goes for i mean obviously alcantara on the nl side will deal with the same problems that wheeler had that was obviously more of a, a dark horse but i like Derek cole i think he's a good pitcher but i think if you really Look at the numbers within Garrett Cole. I think a lot of that comes from the past. I think I don't think he he really pitched as well as people made him out to be last year, and I, I don't expect him to be be that guy. I think a lot of people are high up on him, and and I just I don't see him continuing to perform at the rate he's been performing at. Yeah, well, I think it's funny when you talk about Garrett Cole, you just talk about the Blue Jays and skip over my Red Sox and the Rays for that matter. <laughs> I think that was a little disrespectful there, Brian. Um, what I will say here is I know Chris Dale's not healthy. Do not count out the Southpaw. He'll come back firing away him and him and Nate Evaldi. I know the Red Sox get all they do is their shame is they don't have any starting pitchers. Let me tell you those two right there, the one, two punch, that could be one of the best, best duos in the MLB. I know I'm a little carried away and I'm a little biased, but Chris Sale coming back, he's obviously a little banged up right now. Don't count out those Red Sox. Everyone thinks it's a fluke year last year and all this and that. They're going to be a solid squad next year, this year. And I think Chris Sale could definitely win the Cy Young Award for the AL side. When it comes to the NL side, however, I agree with you guys. There's a ton of pitchers, a lot of good talent. Obviously, you have to put Scherzer in that category. Yes, him and the Grom both have, are injured. Scherzer, I don't think it's too bad. I believe it's a hamstring. No, he, yeah, he's starting on Friday, so just a little little bump from the road for him, but it'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, the guys, he's definitely old at this point. What is he, 39 at this point? But, I mean, year in, year out, that you got to count that guy in for the Scion. I think you also look for the Phillies. Yeah, Aaron Nola. I mean, he's also been an ace year in, year out. I think it's another guy, and I think it's a good point to what Heineman was saying. The Phillies go up against the Nats. The Braves still have a decent roster. 
I mean, the NL East is not a great division. I think you got it. You got to go up for Aaron Nola. I know these Met, Met fans don't like me saying that, but I think the NL East is definitely one of the weaker in the National League. I think that's it. That's a crazy take. That's, 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 I, I, that's I a also, crazy I mean, take. If, if we're going to talk, it's one of the craziest things I've ever heard. We're going to talk year in and year out. The only thing I know is Chris Sales hurt year in and year out. He's old. Right, there's a lot going on right now. Betty, Can we please get the kid that goes by the name of Betty Spross out of this podcast? Yeah, he, he's the baseball fanatic also. He wanted to stop by and uh, drop some knowledge real quick. We got a whole entire um, classroom in here right now. He had like 25 got, like, kids got like the Avengers podcast. going. <laughs> yeah, this is too much. Let's get Ben out of this. He, he wasn't invited to this show. Uh, all right, well, we're almost done. So let's just uh, wrap this up. Quick. I'll, so, I'll pop out. I understand Balo doesn't like to be questioned. <laughs> oh, Ben, I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear your thoughts, Ben. Give nah, me your he's thoughts. Here. He's here. So, I mean, listen. Uh, I we think we should take Balo out of this pod. I think we should substitute <laughs> Ben in for Balo. What, what I know, what I know is, if we're on the topic of Cy Young, the Cy Young winner is one hundred percent going to come from the AL East, whether it's Wheel from the NL East for the National League, whether it's Wheeler, whether it's Degrom, whether it's Scherzer. Uh, Nola's not even in that conversation, in my opinion. The Phillies lineup got substantially better, though. Um, on topic of like the NL East not being that great. And from the American League, um, you know, I'm still going to ride with my guy, Robbie Ray, going over to a new team. If a left-hander's throwing 97 and 99 consistently with that type of off-speed, and uh, he's hitting his spots like that in the uh, in the Mariners division, he's going to, you know, rack up at least 12 to 14 wins in that division alone. One more thing here. I want to say, say on the topic. Um, I agree with what, what Benny was saying. I mean, I could definitely see it being a pitcher from the NL East. Uh, Scherzer, if Scherzer is able to stay healthy, I know he has a small bump in the road. I think Scherzer is an absolute stud. He's old, but he, he, we saw what he did on the Dodgers last year. I think the numbers were 7-0 and at 1.8 ERA. Jim, you might want to fact check me on that, but um, he was an absolute stud on the Dodgers. If he can replicate that again, he's going to be, he's absolutely in the conversation. I also think one thing that I left in the beginning, but I won't forget it this time, is the Brewers. The law firm over there in Milwaukee, you got Corbin Burns. I think it's, it's tough to repeat as an AL site, as, as a Cy Young winner on either side of the diamond, but I, I think he's, he's got the stuff. His, his breaking balls are untouchable. I think Woodruff, absolutely no one really talks about him. He was, for a, a good chunk of the season, maybe a month or two, was a favorite to win NL Cy Young on a lot of sports books. So I think Woodruff can come back and definitely be another option in the NL. So, um, like I said, a Cy Young is a real tough word to predict. I'm surprised he's not the opening day starter, Carney. You know, it's uh, one good year for Burns, and, um, you know, they give it to him right away. But, you know, Woodruff is um, the guy that's been there for a while, and he's the fan favorite. And, you know, don't count out Peralta either. All right, so let's move on to another topic in baseball. So, we got Mets fans in here. We got Phillies in here. Philly fans in here. NL East is – the division that both of them are in, obviously. What's our prediction for the analyst? Who's coming out of it? Who's uh, just like running all down so, for me? I think uh, I'll jump in here first. Uh, yeah, to, to kind of piggyback off what Carney was saying before, uh, I think the analyst is um, a very good division this year. Uh, I think also going back to the AL East, the both East divisions this year are amazing. I think the AL East definitely better, but the NL East, the Marlins got better. They, they have a bunch of young, great pitching, and that's not including Sixto Sanchez, who's still hurt. So when they're fully healthy, they have one of the best young uh, pitching staffs in baseball. The Braves, they, they're coming off a World Series. I know they lost Freddie Freeman, 
but they're still my pick to uh, win the NL East. I still think they're the deepest team. They're also getting back Azuna, who was out for most of the year last year. Um, yeah, so they lost Freeman, but uh, getting Olsen's not a bad replacement at all. Obviously, Freeman is huge for their team, city, locker room, but they're still very good. The Phillies, um, I'm sure Brian can talk more about it, but their lineup is maybe the best best or top three in baseball if they're not the best. Um, Schwarber and Cassianos probably will both hit 30 to 40 homers this year uh, in that stadium. The Nationals are terrible, but I will say I think they're going to have the MVP winner in the NL. So every team's kind of touching a little bit of the awards here. Obviously, me being a big Mets fan, I still think the Braves are the team to beat. I think um, the Mets, what you see, the issue with them is staying healthy. I think they're pitching, although they got Bassett and Scherzer. Uh, there's, you know, injuries starting to pile up. They're starting to get a little bit uh, thinner in the rotation. So I do worry about their pitching depth. I think their lineup is good enough to win, but their pitching bullpen too also does worry me. I think they could be a wild card team, but I think the Braves are still the, the team to beat in the NL East. Yeah, kind of piggybacking off what Heineman said. Honestly, I agree with a lot of what he said. I'll go in a slightly different direction. Um, Nationals, I won't talk about too much. Obviously, we know Heineman referenced Juan Soto. Easily, easily a great pick to win NL MVP. Guys, absolutely incredible. People forget how young he is. He's an all-out stud. Outside of that, Nationals are not worth talking about. The Marlins, Heineman said it. I, I've been on this for a while. I think they have incredible young rotation. Their hitting uh, leaves a lot to be desired outside of Jazz Chisholm. He's there. They'll, they'll be a hassle. They'll give teams like the Phillies, the Mets, and the Braves trouble. They'll win. They'll steal games. But they're, they're not good enough to leapfrog any of those top three teams. And when talking about those three teams, you know, I won't, obviously, as Heineman said, I'm a big Phillies guy from the area. Like, he, you know, he touched on it. We are, with the trades that were made, quite literally top three, if not the best batting lineup in baseball right now. Of course, there's still gaping holes. Our defense could easily be the worst in the baseball. Our bullpen uh, is a nightmare. <laughs> and uh, Baylor talked about Aaron Nola being a Cy Young guy, even being a Phillies fan. I, I, I don't trust him fully. I don't know which Aaron Nola will get. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I think depending on how some of the Phillies pitchers come in, the Phillies will my pick to win the NL East. But, of course, I'm not talking about the Mets and the Braves. The Mets, obviously, we saw the moves they made in the offseason. In a perfect world, if everyone was healthy, the Mets win this division. They have an incredible rotation. And at the end of the day, we all know baseball really does come down to a good core pitching rotation. If the Grom was hundred percent healthy, if Scherzer was hundred percent healthy, and then you have Bassett as your three, I mean, that, that that's incredible, but we've already seen the Grom have some issues. Scherzer, small hurdle. We'll see what happens. I think the Mets getting Buck Showalter as their manager is not really getting talked about enough. I think having a guy like that, and then also bringing in a guy like Scherzer really will change the locker room culture. And I can see the Mets, you know, we saw last year with them, Javier Baez booing the fans, the fans booing them a lot of turmoil there. I think that that we won't see that anymore. We're not going to see the Mets in the Met, but I do think injuries will catch up to them. And lastly, obviously the Braves, I won't, I won't talk about them too much. We all know world series winners last year, but losing, losing Freddie Freeman is big, but like Heineman said, Ozuna is, is, is incredible. He hasn't played in a while. People forget how good he was on the Marlins before. And um, I think, and this is, I guess I won't be a part of the hot takes, but I'll give my hot take right now. I could absolutely see Matt Olson having a significantly better statistical season than Freddie Freeman this year. Freddie in LA, 
uh, Matt in Atlanta. I could see Matt being better than Freddie. So don't count out the Braves. Um, my pick would be the Phillies, but it all depends what kind of Nola and Zach Eflin pitching we get. If we don't, if they, if they play how they did in the second half of last year, forget about it. Word. All right. So real quick, uh, before we send you guys off, give me your World Series prediction, an unbiased prediction. All right. So I think, you know, definitely not going with a hot take here, but I think in the NL, you'll get the Dodgers representing the NL. And then the AL, in my opinion, gets very tough just because you have a very uh, stacked AL East. It'll be interesting to see if they kind of, uh, you know, eliminate each other throughout the way or just too much of a battle. But I think I think the White Sox, they were a little – I think they were a year too early last year, but I think the White Sox are going to be the team to make it out of the AL. They just have so much young talent. I think last year was a nice experience year for them. Um, I think this year they'll really put it all together. But I do think they'll ultimately come up short to the Dodgers. The Dodgers are just uh, far and beyond way better than any other organization in baseball right now, whether that's depth, prospects, anything they have going – data statistics they got it all i think the dodgers are my clear pick to win the world series this year all right what about you bro uh i think you know obviously hindsight dodgers have it all but i I wouldn't go ahead and say that miles better than every team i think you know they have walker bueller you know leading the pitching stuff but we'll see what we get from some of the rest of those guys pitching obviously urias is good but you know i won't take the dodgers out of the nl my pick out of the nl will be the brewers Everyone who knows me and listens to me talk about baseball knows how much I love the Brewers. I think they have the best pitching rotation in baseball. If you can get Yelich back to his 2019 MVP form, you know, the hitting is what remains to be seen. They have one of the best bullpens, one of the best pitching rotations, coached well, they're a well-run organization. They have a great farm system. Let's see if we can get guys like Yelich and Willie Danes to, you know, to hit the way we really, we know they can. And the Brewers will come out of the NL, out of the AL. Um, I, I'm surprised Heinemann said it because it's something I was thinking too. I, I really like the White Sox. I think they lost a little bit. They lost uh, Craig Kimbrell. Um, they lost Rogone, but I still think they have a good rotation. But uh, my pick out of the AL will be the Blue Jays. Um, they have an absolutely, like I said it earlier, they have an incredible hitting rotation. They have Bo Bichette, Vlad Guerrero, George Springer. They have you know, some of the best hitters of our generation already. And these guys are young. And then on the pitching side, you know, they lost Robbie Ray and they real quick replaced him with Kevin Gosman. Um, they got great pitch. They got Jose Barrios. Uh, a lot of people might be overrating the Blue Jays. I'm cautious to say that, that they're going to come out of the AL considering their division, but I think they're a stacked team. And so the picks would be for me would be the Blue Jays and the Brewers. If I may interrupt oh. for one thing, I know I'm hearing a lot about baseball right now. Do I, can I ask you guys, all, all you baseball experts, one question? Absolutely. I follow baseball a little bit here and there, but what are your guys' thoughts on uh, Hung John Ryu, the pitcher? Uh, I think he's, you know, older, not a big strikeout guy, but definitely a reliable, solid pitcher. This question seems to be having a little bit of something else to it. Not sure, but, uh, he, he won't go more than, you know, seven innings, probably won't strike out more than four, but I think in a team like the Blue Jays, like Carney was saying, they got a bunch of studs before him. So they won't, then they also have young Alec Manoa. So they got a great rotation. He'll be perfect for fourth or fifth guy for that rotation so they'll be totally fine and uh solid player yeah he's my raise my guy i've been uh been on the daughters at left he can pretty much he's a big dodge all right jack brian
thank you guys so much. That was so electric. Thank you. We'll definitely have you back for sure. And baseball season's back, baby. So we can complain. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having us. Of course. Hell yeah. yeah. Thanks for having us, Tinch. Take of it course. easy, boys. Thank you, boys. Take Take it easy, baseball. We love it. All right. Wow. Oh, I love baseball. Those guys were good. Wow. A lot of info. They knew their shit for sure. So let's try to reshift our focus to the NBA real quick. So playoffs are heating up right around the corner. Got a lot to talk about there. You got MVP of the league. Rookie here. It's not that much of a debate. Let's just talk about who's coming out of the East, who's coming out of the West, and our MVP. Let's do those today. I'll start real quick with MVP. Um, I mean, it's pretty obvious now. The guy is just absolutely on a mission. Uh, Nicole, I actually had DeMar DeRozan previously a couple months back when we did this, but I obviously don't think that's the case anymore. I think I think Jokic is just – I mean, Giannis, you could argue, I just think Jokic has just been playing unbelievable basketball these past few months. I mean, dude's last, few, last three games, I think it is right here, I see. 38 points, 38 points, 37 points. 19, 18, 13 rebounds, nine assists, eight assists, six assists. And my, by the way, his field goal percentage is above a 65%. I mean, this guy is just absolutely – and I think he won it last year too, no? Did he win it last year? Yes, he did. Jokic did win it last year. I mean, this yeah. dude is just – and not to mention, the Nuggets, without Jamal Murray and Porter playing right now, what they're doing, what he's doing for this team, is just nothing short of sensational. This guy is by far the clear-cut MVP in my opinion now, and – what he is doing for this Nuggets team. And I think once they get Murray and Porter back, they're even more dangerous. But what Jogic can do at that size and be that dominant, it's just we're lucky to see it. I mean, I think the only guy I could argue is Giannis in the box right now. But other than that, I don't think it beats close to Jogic right now. There's no oh, way. you're so wrong. I, I, I honestly oh, tend to so agree with And uh, we're seeming to agree on a lot of things in this podcast, but – if you look at what Nikola Jokic has done this season, I mean, he has had no Jamal Murray, like you said, no Michael Porter. The guy has 19 triple doubles in the NBA as a center. Insane. I mean, the guy is simply putting the team on his back. And if you take Nikola Jokic off that roster, they are a dog shit team, probably worse than the West. Um so I mean, in my opinion, you gotta give it to Jokic. I get the season that Embiid's had. And I know a lot of people argue that Jokic won it last year and Bede should get it this year. But if you look at the difference between what Jokic brings to his team versus, I mean, I, I, Embiid's a great player, but what Jokic has done for the Nuggets this year is truly remarkable. And I think he's more than deserving for the award again. And he, he should be your MVP. And I think he will be. I agree, I but I think the disrespect to Embiid needs, I mean, you have Giannis before Embiid. Like, what? Have you seen what Embiid's done recently, too? He has, he's at 45, 44 in the past two games, 29, 37. I mean, he is a, he's a monster. They're second in the East and third in the East. And they, what else can he do, really? And, yeah, he plays with Harden, but dude's putting up 30 and 11 every game. So I, I don't disagree with you that Jokic should win. Just saying Embiid is right there. And I think it's a complete toss-up. It's honestly – he I is. Don't know. I don't he know is. I th- I th- I think it's. I think it's a shame because he's playing in this same season that Jokic is having. Yeah. And if you're going to compare those two between their seasons and who is bringing more value to their team, 
I think it's pretty much unanimous that Nikola Jokic is that guy this season. And Jin, it's not it's not what Jokic, it's not what Embiid's doing wrong. It's just about of how much like clear how much more Jokic is doing. Of how much more Jokic is doing right. It's not. I mean, Embiid's don't get me wrong. The guy's a horse. He's phenomenal. But it's just that much more of what Jokic can doing, and just separating himself from everybody else. I think that guy is just like I said. I think it's clear cut. And if you don't think otherwise, I mean, I hear your side, but I think it's clear cut. I agree. I think if you take Jokic off the Nuggets and Embiid off the Sixers, the Nuggets struggle more than the Sixers, and that's what most viable player means. Um, but I don't know if you have a call, but about a month and a half back, I think every single one of you guys picked the Rosen. There was one Jokic, Jokic oh, selection. If I got anything right on this pod, that was probably the only thing, but I did say that I think Embiid – has to quit whining. I see him on social media saying they must just hate me, tell the committee. Embiid is always, always too interested in the antics and all the accolades and actually winning. He was crying on the court after they lost to Kawhi and he played like absolute shit. I, I don't like Embiid as a whiner. He's a flopper. Jokic is also the better player and what he brings to that team. He's a team's best passer as a center. I mean, <laughs> That, that team would be nothing without him. <clears throat> I still think DeMar should be mentioned as a top five MVP candidate. Like, yeah, oh, I picked yeah. him to win MVP, but he's been having an unbelievable season. Brought the Bulls back oh, from that. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, well, like. The Bulls record since the All-Star break has not been the same Bulls. They're still 45 and 32. Yeah. DeMar, he had 50 just the other week. He'd, but nobody's yeah. arguing these guys aren't playing well. It's just that much. It just shows you how much yeah, more yeah. dominant. No, he is. He's right. all I top totally nine guys. It's just Jokic is the quicker MVP. It's just He's like a shame because Embiid's putting up an historic year, and that has to happen, right? That's, that's crazy. 100%. I mean, so, you look at even LeBron; they're not going to make the playoffs, but the guys, I think, averaging the most points in the league, the scoring no, leader. Now, that's completely different because LeBron is putting up empty stats. Like he's I'm on a team. He he's on a team with literally all YMCA LA Fitness guys. Like he is bound to do that. He's the best player of all time. Like. That those are empty numbers. They're not winning games, so that's the difference between LeBron and those guys, obviously. Yeah, but, I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not arguing LeBron should win MVP. I'm just saying the talent in the NBA. You're going to have at least five guys in the league that you could argue for MVP. I think it true. just shows what Jokic is doing is truly incredible, and he's, I, in my opinion, I think it's pretty much unanimous. Besides, it seems like you, Jinch, that he really is the most valuable player in the league for this season. No, I agree. I just think Embiid's season is like right there with him. I think Jokic would probably win. It's close. It's close, but I think most people would tend to agree that Jokic is a little more deserving, even though it definitely, I definitely would love to see Embiid win an MVP because he's truly a generational talent as well. He's, I I think he'll get his. He'll get his. I don't know if you've ever mentioned his name, but Devin Booker also deserves some respect here. I mean, they are dominant. They're 62 and 17. They, he deserves some credit too. So yeah, I mean, there are studs in this league, but Jokic has been playing unbelievable. He'll probably take it home, but the playoffs Next should be topic, sick. Jokic MVP. It's not even worth talking about. He's alive. Yes. Four, four games the left. I mean, who's yeah. winning it all though? Who, who's winning it all? Who do you guys think is going to win it all? I can jump in here. I got, so I'm going to give you guys my prediction for the East and the West. I think out of the East, I think <laughs> you're going to see the cost. Oh, bless you, Mr. Fron. Bless you, Fron. 
I think you're going to see the Bucs go right back to the, to the NBA Finals this year. Um, you look at Giannis Antetokounmpo, he's just – he's truly a matchup nightmare for anyone in the league. He's developed a decent jump shot. He, in my opinion, he's not the MVP of the season, but that guy is far and away, I think, the most valuable player to have on an NBA team. He is truly incredible. He's the I best think, player in the league. Yeah, I, I, I won't be shocked if that team goes back to back. However, you have to think about the Brooklyn Nets with Kevin Durant, who's easily the best scorer that I think we've seen in our generation. Um, if I'm going to take a team out of the East, it's the Bucks. Out of the West, this is going to get interesting because I know this team has kind of fallen off since the start of the year, but I think there's something to be said about those Golden State Warriors. Um, no one's talking about them. They start out hot. They're coming kind of down cold a little bit, but you get Steph's Steph been back. hurt. That's why. Yeah, you get you get Steph back healthy. It's going to be a dangerous scene. And I really am truly. I saw the odds to win the championship. They were eleven to one this morning. I'm really debating putting another future bet on the Golden State Warriors to win the national championship because, or not, not national championship, the NBA Finals because you cannot count out that kid. And the West. It's wide open. I know the Suns are pretty much the, the, the clear favorite right now out of the West. But, I mean, when Steph's healthy, I think you've got to consider those Warriors. I, can I totally agree. agree. Jack, you got it. 100%. You got it, Jack. I, I was going to say the Warriors are the West as well, as long as Curry uh, and Clay are healthy in the playoffs. Um, like Bale said, it's wide open. But my, my take out of the East is going to be a bit surprising. I, I don't think this team has talked about nearly enough. They've been quietly racking up a lot of wins since the All-Star break. It's the Miami Heat. If you look at the guys that they're – the roster they've made up, it's a bunch of junkyard dogs. It's fucking Jimmy Butler, who's just tenacious. He's relentless. Bam out of bio. I mean, you got some of the best defensive players in the league with those two, P.J. Tucker, Kyle Lowry, such a smart veteran. That they, They're deep, and they can go, and they're a team that's built for the postseason – uh, they're a team you do not want to play in a seven-game series because they're going to bully you. Um, and I think I think their biggest threat is the Bucks. And I just look at how they match up. And you got Bam Bam guarding Giannis. I think that's as, as good of a defender you can put on Giannis uh, defensive matchup-wise as you could want. And then Jimmy Butler on Middleton. And I think in a seven-game series, I, I think those are going to be very low-scoring games, but then you got Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero off the bench just coming in and giving you 15 to 20 points like that. I mean, they've got so many guys that can do it, and they're, they're just a feisty group. They're a team you do not want to see in the playoffs. Yeah, um, I kind of agree with that. I think the East is a bit more open. You know, the top four teams are all – I think it's like three games within each other. Um, there could be movement in the last couple of days, but – all, all four of those teams at the top, I think, have an even chance. If I had to pick one, I think I'd go with Jack on this with the Heat. As for the West, I, I kind of agree with what everyone said. I think it's really between the Suns and Warriors. As great of a season as John the Grizzlies have had, I think they're kind of pretenders and not really, like, playoff ready. They don't have that experience. So if I if I had to choose between Suns and Warriors, I'd, I do think I'd – I think I'd go with the Warriors, honestly. You do have to give it – I agree with you, Brandon. I don't think the Grizzlies are really a threat to win the championship. But, God, give it to those Grizzlies. 21-2 oh, without John Morant this year. Crazy. I mean, that is 
that's truly incredible. They got a lot of young talent there in Memphis, and it won't surprise me in the next few years if they're really talking about a series contender. I don't think they're ready for it yet, but that team's young. You got a lot of talent on that team, and I think it's remarkable they're 21 and two without John Morant this season. Did you give your take, Gingerity, or no? I didn't. Do you want to? Do you want to go first? You can go. I can go whatever you want. I'll go. So out of the East, um, you know, the obvious contenders are the Heat, Sixers, Bucks, Celtics. I mean, Celtics with Robert Williams. Williams um, is a big, big hit for that team. It's obviously a huge loss mm-hmm. for them. Devastating. I, loss. I agree with Ryan. I think the Bucks have probably the best chance of coming out of the East again. They've been dominant. Giannis is the best player in the league. You know, people are talking about Brooklyn, and yes, they'll make the playoffs. They'll be the eighth seed or seventh seed, whatever they are. It's going to be a tough road for them. You know, seeing Miami in the first round, it could easily go Miami's way. So I'm not so set on them going so far. Um, you know, Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. Kyrie is Kyrie. But, you know, there's not much else there. So I don't know. I got the Bucks coming out of there. But I wouldn't be surprised if Miami, just like Jack was saying, or Boston if Robert Williams is back. It's supposed to be back by the second round if they make it there. I think if they can get a first-round win, then they're going to be scary. They've been really 100%. good. They've 100%. been really good. Tatum and Brown have been a crazy duo. Marcus Smart is probably going to win Defensive Player of the Year. They yes. are good. So well, That's the thing. What you said, though, it's they, they need Robert Williams. If, if he's not back and healthy, they have no chance. They have he, no chance because Tyson's not. He's the protector not, around the rim. And he, David McCormick of Kansas, he's a similar anchor. <laughs> He, he's talented. He can score. I mean, he he's really evolved out of out of. Uh, Rob is a very good defender, which is why you know he's like their anchor defensively for them. And Tyus is just not like he, he doesn't have the same presence Williams has. So yeah, they need him to make any kind of run. I think any Celtics fan would tell you that. Out of the West, it's interesting because obviously I like the Warriors, but I don't think we mentioned the Dallas Mavericks one time on this podcast. Luka Doncic is ready. He is ready at some point. He's also putting up a crazy year. Talk about being overshadowed by these guys. I mean, Luca's having an unbelievable year. He does every year. But I love the Mavericks. They've kept the same team for years and years and years. You gotta, they've got to make a run at some point. I could totally see the Dallas Mavericks going far this year. Um, obviously, Phoenix is a powerhouse. Golden State healthy powerhouse. Besides that, though, I don't see a lot out of the West. I don't really see it in the Grizzlies. I think they're too young. I don't see it in maybe Denver if they're fully healthy. The Jazz are just regular season frauds. I don't know. I like the Warriors coming out of the West. I like the Warriors winning the Bucks. I got the Warriors winning in six if that happens. But who knows? Craziness happening in the NBA. Matt, you want to give your take? Yeah, I mean, I don't have much time. Um, I'm going to bounce off of you guys both with the East. I think the Bucks are the most complete team. I think Giannis is just – like you said, I, I actually didn't think Giannis was all that until recently, like in the past few months. I mean, the guy is insane. I love Drew Holiday. I love um, how they play defense. They play as a unit, and they just try so much. I mean, they give so much effort on that team defensively, and they just know how to win. Um, I don't know if I've been brainwashed. My roommate's a dire Nets fan. I don't know if I've been talking about so many Nets talks so much. But I, um, I still think seeing Durant and Kyrie – in a seven-game series is just something you don't want to see. I mean, Durant is just – I don't care. Like, this team – if this team can play defense and not worry about just outscoring the other team every time and actually learn how to play some defense, I, I don't – I'm scared of seeing Durant in a seven-game series. That guy is just, I think, the best score I've ever seen play. Um, so, I would never count the Brooklyn Nets. I don't care how low their seat is. Um, so, I think the Bucks are Nets for me. 
Um, in the West, I'm going to go with the Suns. I think Chris Paul is just insane um, with Booker there and the team they have around them with uh, Monty Williams, their coach. Uh, I think they have every piece they need to win it all. So I'm going to go with the Nets or Bucks, and then they're going to go against the Suns in the West. Those are some solid picks. All right, so this episode's getting a little long, so let's cut straight the hot takes. Who's got the hottest take here? I don't know. I got a, I got a spicy take. I got a spicy take. Um, I think I don't think the Dolphins make the playoffs. Um, I know everyone thinks like they're kind of not playoff ready this year, but then you get Tyree Kill and that's kind of pushes them over the edge. But like bottom line, I just think I think the AFC is going to be a bloodbath, and you know I think they lose a couple games that they shouldn't, and they just don't make it. I like that. I like so. That I'm, mine's going to be NBA-related. Um, we're going to stay on topic for mine. I got Phoenix losing in the second round. You know, they're going to play either, as of now, either Dallas or Denver. I think either one of those teams beat them. Is Porter coming back? Or uh, uh, He's supposed to, but he, he he's supposed to. Because if those two come back, I don't think it's even – I think those guys can easily go far if those two come back. Yeah, but the Suns are dominant. They're 62 and 16. I'll say, mine around, I'll say mine real quick. I'll take. I usually give hot ones, but I'll – and this is – I don't know if this is hot to you guys or not, but I'm going to go with the Memphis Grizzlies winning the uh, NBA Finals. Um, and I say that because I think, Bailey, what was your stat about them without uh, – 21 and 2 without John Moran. 21 and 2, you said? Yeah. Okay, and I think they just – the teams they played – and they were, it wasn't just like the Pacers or the Raptors, but I think it was the Bucks and the Nets in the same week without John Moran. They played they, a lot of injury riddled teams, though. A huh? lot. They played a lot of teams without missing. No, I'm saying the most recent one. I mean, this is a bold take. That's why I'm giving it. But the, the most recent ones that I can picture being impressive wins to me were the Nets and the Bucks without John Moran. This team, I think, is the next, you know, up and coming, young. Like, I think they have a very good future in, in Grizzlies. I think, I mean, it's a bold take. I think John Moran, when he's there, is insane. So I love that. I love Bane. I love. I love Jaron Jackson. I think the Grizzlies can have a shot at winning, but that's obviously a bold take. But that is beyond it. bold. Let me tell that's, you. That's very fucking bold, but we love it. I'll, I'll, change, bold takes. I'll change it up and talk back at the Masters. And I will tell you this. This guy at 101 odds. Do not count this guy out. The Belgian golfer, Thomas Peters. This guy is a long ball hitter. One of the best iron players out of Europe. He's killing it on the European tour. I would lock that in, throw, sprinkle it, whatever you want to do. 100 to 1 odds, Thomas Peters, he will be your Masters champion. That is extremely bold, but I'm telling you, there's something about Thomas Peters. I really like him this week. All right, I've got, I've got another. I like that, Bela. Um, I've got another golf Masters hot take. This one is an absolute lock. Please. Bryson DeChambeau will miss the cut. He has a horrible history at the Masters with no top 25 appearances. His last showing two weeks ago, he missed a cut, shooting plus five at a TPC San Antonio. DeChambeau always talks a huge game about his distance at Augusta and calls it a par 68 for him <clears throat> and then proceeds to shoot 75, so technically seven over. But uh, Augusta is not forgiving on Amen Corner, and DeChambeau is very errant, especially off the tee. He sprays the ball all over the place, and yeah. uh, he, he loves getting in his own head. I just think DeChambeau is going to completely fold this week and uh, 
missed a cut while Brooks Kepka is uh, in contention. Or with Bryson Jack, I mean, when he's I like that take. What are the odds on that? Do you know? I have no idea. I'm gonna look tomorrow on FanDuel because I will be letting you know that is that I like that take. With Bryson, you want to hear his last his last three Masters appearances? He's gone tied for 34th. Then he had a tied for 29th with a 66 on Sunday. So he shot – if he shot even that round, he probably comes in dead last of all the people that made the cut. Um, and then in 2018, he was tied for 38th. So he hasn't even been – he's barely been inside the top 30 in the last three years, and he's not trending well as of late. The course does not set up well for him. His power is pretty much useless there. I mean, I, I think Shambo will uh, – Definitely be watching from home on a Saturday. I don't mind that either, Jack. I think when Bryson's bad, it's really bad. I mean, the guy can be in freaking a different golf course off the tee sometimes when he hits the ball left or right. I mean, when he's bad, like I said, he hits it really bad. But then DeShambo lost to good DeShambo lost to good good in a scramble back yeah. to back times. Good good shout out good good golf's a great uh great crew there. Yeah. All right. So our last topic, our debate. I've never really talked about this before. Interesting. Who's the goat of all sports? The goat of goats. It could be anyone. Are we going over time right now? This is like a three-hour podcast. When you, when you, uh, yeah. I, I think this is a very, very simple question. If you think about what every little kid thinks about growing up, who they want to be like, and you think about everyone in the sports world, who they talk about on a daily basis, mm-hmm. you can't say anyone besides Nick Foles. After what he did, I thought he was going to say Jordan. Baylor thought he was going to say Tom Brady. Yeah. I thought he was going to say Rogers. I'm not even going to talk about mine. You guys Why are you guys laughing? Yeah, we know Baylor. We don't need to give Baylor. Backup, backup quarterback during that playoff run. The Philly special beat Tom Brady. You would probably say Tom Brady's the GOAT who just beat him. So, so the, the whole debate, I'm going to go like, uh, the debate about the GOAT, I mean, um, from what we've seen, I mean, I, I know my dad's always going to say, like, he loves MJ over LeBron and all this stuff, but as far as the greatest that I've seen, like, as far as basketball, I'm going to go to basketball and NBA. I mean, LeBron has to be that guy. He's, he is, from what I've seen, I mean, from what we've seen, even seen MJ play, I'm saying from what we've seen LeBron do in the years that we've seen him play, he's got it without, without a doubt be the GOAT. I mean, what he's done teams he's had, the numbers he's put up, the rings he's had. I mean, the guy, I think, for sure is – I don't want to keep this long. I'm trying to do this short and sweet. That I think LeBron is the GOAT from what we've seen. It's a long episode. You guys can do yours quick. The only other one that I want to add is, the like, the fact that he's really, I don't think, considered in this conversation, and he has to be, is Tiger Woods. I mean, the guy is probably one of the best athletes we have ever seen – he completely changed his entire sport. Golf used to be like one of these little pastimes that just a bunch of old guys play. Now you see these athletes that are literally playing golf. You see Brooks Kepka, you see Bryson DeChambeau, you see Rory McIlroy. You see these guys that are just complete stud athletes that have really, I believe, complete, the game's changed because of Tiger Woods. And if I think you're going to talk at the go to goats, he's a guy that, will forever have changed the game of golf that he plays. And I think he's got to be in that conversation. That's, that's my second behind Foles. I actually love that take. But if we're talking about straight wins for wins, championships, 
Joey Chestnut also has to be in that discussion. Oh, easily. <laughs> roll right now. Man, you guys the don't respect obvious answer. What? What, Brandon? You go, you go, you go. I mean, the obvious answer is obviously either Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, or Michael Phelps, in my opinion. Michael, um, Michael, Michael Phelps. Phelps. No, nah, you have uh, to put Michael Phelps. I mean, he's one of the most winningest athletes of all time. This isn't a swimming podcast. <laughs> yeah, but Phelps is – you could argue Phelps is extremely accomplished. It's not even a debate. I will have a Gabby, podcast Gabby next week. What? We'll, we'll get a swimmer on the podcast. Any NASCAR time. drivers while we're here, too? Is yeah, Gabby Jeff Douglas Gordon's the up. Is at uh, uh, Harvard? Well, yeah, I think those guys are obvious. I, I want to hear Freeman's go. I, I didn't hear Freeman's. Yeah. You guys don't give hockey enough love, man. Oh, my God. Uh, listen, who? listen, listen. Listen, you guys. You know, what do you say? Guy. We didn't hear him. He only – I would say only, but he has – Four championships. He has nine MVPs. I mean, um, if you take away the guy's goals and like only assists, he still has the most points of all time of any players. I mean, hockey he, is he has almost played in Canada and Russia. End of dis- that? Hockey is only played in Canada and Russia. End of discussion. Oh, it's not playing in America. Wait, wait. Uh, is he more of a goat? Dude, this, if you look, hey. just look at the stats. It's unbelievable. He's is he like, more of a goat than Phelps Freeman? I dude, I mean, no one's gonna ever break his points record. Why like, is ever. that so crazy to say Michael Phelps isn't in the goat? Co- what does I mean, he, he have more the- rings than Joey Chestnut? I don't know, man. I mean, you cannot argue any hockey player. I don't care what dude, the guy has, is. dude. Bela, think what? about this. I would easily argue that. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> think about this. Swimmers, we can talk hockey. Imagine if, if like LeBron James had fifty percent more points than the second guy closest to him. Like literally, it doesn't matter. I'm comparing athletes. I understand There's so that. many more people that play basketball than hockey. You cannot compare Wayne Gretzky to LeBron James. Wait, are you saying Wayne Gretzky is not all do your He's a goat. Been... He's a goat of his sport, but he is not even close to the goat of all goats. No. Well, now you're talking about athletic ability and like different athletes in different sports. You're saying that hockey players aren't as athletic as basketball players. That well, we no, you like... can't. You can't argue a hockey player is the goat of all goats simply Why? because hockey's played for such a select few people. You have to have money. And you have to play where it's called golf. I, same with golf, but yeah. Yeah. yeah they just throw away Tiger Woods. I got you, Freeman. Like, you American can make the same argument for Michael Phelps. How are kids in Arizona going to swim if they're in a desert? Like, I just think that's an awful argument for this conversation. Football. I'm just saying, pure, like, if you look at the stats and the comp, I mean, he has 3,000 points. Like, it's ridiculous. No one's going to ever break that, ever. Uh, I don't need to entertain this discussion any longer. Uh, okay. There is I don't no get it. Ever that I will consider the goat of all goats. But I don't get what you're arguing because football is typically just an American sport. It's not that he's big saying, in a country. He's saying a lot less people play hockey than than any of those other goats. But, but you're not understanding what I'm saying. No, football is generally in America. If hockey's only based in Russia and whatever, like what, what's your argument there? So he's the goat of Canada, sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm, the of America. America. Like, what? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not getting into this discussion i'm really not can we can we, can we just right, wait, hold on hold on can we bottle this can we just bottle this up and then start the podcast next week with this argument i like yeah. it. i will make sure we start with this topic i like, I like that this. A lot. i like this all right i'd love to see an essay written by brandon freeman on why a hockey player should be the goat of all goats. you will not be getting an essay from me for a podcast i'll tell you that much all right <laughs> <laughs> before hands are thrown let's cut this off thank you guys for tuning in what an episode and we'll see y'all next time baby
Shout out the baseball insiders. Those guys were great. Love baseball 